of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. The Manawalk Caves is intended for mature audiences. It contains strong language and depictions of bullying, violence, and sexual assault that some may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Also, this is an extremely immersive experience, and headphones are recommended. You're listening to The Manawalk Caves, a production of iHeartRadio, Blumhouse Television, and Psychopia Pictures. August 5th, I woke up in a pool of my own sweat this morning. It was 3.33 a.m. Exactly 3.33. The hotel room was sweltering. The AC unit had been blowing out hot air all night. It took my mind a minute to catch up to where I was to realize that I wasn't still back in my New York apartment, that I was back home. I thought this had all just been an elaborate dream. But it wasn't a dream. I had to listen back to my tape, the recordings from yesterday, to find out where I'd been and what I'd done. Emmy's biological father was Deacon Hadley. if you remember what the detective was looking for when he stopped by that last time back in July 2007 retainers records 
I hopped in the shower to cool off. Water was ice cold, never got hot. And as soon as I stepped into that cold shower, the nightmare came back to me. There were bats, thousands of bats, shifting blotches against other shades of darkness. A cavern, deep and strange, I was staring into the whirling black on black. Then I heard Deacon Hadley. He was calling out from further back in the void. I heard him crying. And so I followed the voice, straining to hear over the cacophony of bats swirling around me. Anguish pleas for forgiveness. Just let me. Then he stopped. And all I heard was the flutter and chirping of those bats. They seemed to converge around me. And then they exploded outward, the whole colony, thousands and thousands of them leaving the cave in a funnel, carrying Thomas Hadley's final anguish cries with them. Across the forest, over the ramshackle trailer homes and cabins, over the Chapelwall River into Pottsville, all the way into my own bedroom. And then suddenly I was back there, in the house I grew up in, in my own bed. Was there too. In the room with me, silhouetted in the doorway. I couldn't move. He looked down upon me. Maybe he was aiming to figure out who else might have gone out to the caves that day. Someone always knows something. A ghost in the mirror And the hounds of hell dancing in your eyes Dancing in your eyes I wanted to stand up for him But I couldn't not the time Deacon Hadley threw a cup of warm piss on his head from the second story bathroom. And not the time Thomas Hadley locked him in his locker. I wanted to stop it. But I knew it would just make matters worse for me. This is why he came home, isn't it? James Fincher's execution's coming up and you're anguished too. It's no small thing to stand up to a bully. When you do, you become the target. I've been bullied quite a bit when I was a boy. It wasn't until I befriended Tyler Wilson in the ninth grade that it stopped. Tyler was from a different neck of the woods. He was quiet and kept to himself, but he was tough. No, the Hadley gang didn't want to fuck with Tyler. It was too much trouble. <laughs> They might actually have to fight, and they knew Tyler would fight for real. But after my battle on the bus with Dooley Tapper, trying to stand up for Finch, the bullying started again for me. Well, look who wears the pants. I told you they was gay lovers, didn't I? <laughs> you gonna get it now, faggot! Hold him! Hold him! Get it! 
That next week, my dad had to pick me up from school. He saw the Hadley gang laughing and throwing threats as I walked past. Oh, oh, here he comes. Hey, faggot. You gonna get it soon enough, fucker. <laughs> Your time's coming, little bitch. <laughs> He's scared. Yeah, I'll whip his ass again. I'm gonna whip your ass again! Those your friends? Not exactly. Forget it, Dad. Best just to ignore them. Oh, no. Those are Mommy Hathi's kids. Yeah, it's, it's not a big deal. My dad ran the mechanic shop at the Hadley dealership, and it was no secret in our house that he despised Bobby Hadley. Yeah, yeah. He messing with you again? <laughs> what? No, no, that... This is... This is high school. It's... It ain't like that, Dad. Really, those guys are just pricks. It's not worth the energy. He was livid. Things were beyond his control. It was less than a year since Mom died, too. Anyway, a couple of days later, I was reading in the library during lunch. That's when they got me. I was sitting between the rows of bookshelves in the back with Thomas, Deacon, Dooley, and the rest of them. They cornered me. <laughs> Thomas held me in a headlock. <laughs> Go on, get him! <coughs> Dooley hit my face a bunch. That wasn't so bad. But then Deacon got a pair of scissors. Off the librarian's desk, they pulled my pants down to my ankles. Hey, what? What are you doing? He scissored the blades in front of my face to show them off before he pressed the cold, sharp metal blades against my balls. What are you, anyway? <laughs> a boy? Or a bitch? Hey, you know what? i tell you what. I'll make you... a man. So maybe next time you won't be such a pussy. Please get off. <laughs> then he grabbed a fistful of my hair. It was long then. He scissored it off and tossed it on the carpet. Just then, the library monitor came back in, and Deacon Thomas and the rest of them all ran off laughing. There were a few other kids in the library who did nothing but gawk at me while I pulled my pants back up. When my father picked me up that afternoon, he saw my hair and my swollen face. And there was no denying it anymore. His son was the target of the town bullies, and there was nothing he could do. August 5th, on my way to meet Joe Campbell again. Up the road, halfway to Nashville. I'm late, can't seem to wake up all the way. Just stopped at the Myrtles for a coffee. It's a little diner we used to go to when I was a kid. Still standing. Not so sure about Mrs. Myrtle, though. I feel like a ghost in this town. Lots of familiar faces from my past. Everyone older and heavier. They make eye contact with me and their wheels spin. Some recognize me, 
A familiar face registers in their mind, but they can't quite place me. So they stare. Others remember me, and I'm guessing by their looks, it recalls certain feelings. Feelings associated with the Hadley brothers' murders. Especially now, you can feel the energy just driving through town. James Fincher, the monster of Manawa County, is going to be put to death next week. And that seems to inform every interaction. It's an added tension that's come with this fog. The air tingling. Like a bomb on a timer. shared with his sister Dina on Bucks Elder Lane over in Splinter Gap. You can see from the only available footage, a state trooper's body cam, that it's complete chaos, with county and state officials working in tandem and flooded in the small space with light and the noise and the terror at three o'clock in the morning. Dina's face, seen briefly, mouth open to scream, hair swept across her face as she spirited out, belly swollen with child tells the tale. In the motion blur, you can see a streak of red, a nosebleed. What's perhaps more chilling, though, is how calmly we see Finch rise from the couch that he slept on. Hands up, eyes dead, mouth a grim line, and then slowly turn and sink to his knees. Like it was inevitable. Like he knew they were coming. Like he always knew that they would come for him eventually. He was brought to the county jail in the middle of the night, and the town at large was completely unaware of the developments. Even Detective Solomon Smith was left in the dark, and would have remained so if he didn't decide to pay the Fincher home a visit himself two days later to find broken windows and a very terrified Dina trying to put things back in order. Jill Campbell explained it best, as per usual. People have a complicated relationship with the law out here. People here like to be left alone, think what happens behind closed doors or on their property is their business and theirs alone. I mean, most of it is run-of-the-mill constitutional rights and individual freedom stuff. Yeah, my dad was that way. Yeah, well, most people are. Then you got your Griff Washingtons, the dog-fighting rings, the meth cooks, the real criminal element, people who have something to hide. But, buddy... There ain't nothing that changes a patriot's mind about authority like an outsider coming in and making trouble. Like Finch. I'm talking about Detective Smith. Oh. Now, I don't want to say it was a race thing, mm. but it was absolutely a race thing. I mean, by default. Look, Sheriff Hooper, born and raised here all his life, getting ready to close this case against a kid who allegedly murdered two of Manawak's favorite sons. And the moment he announces it, in comes some former big city Atlanta cop to defend the alleged murderer. 
At the time, I was caught up in all the excitement. I was there at the raid. It was the most badass thing I'd ever done. Didn't matter that Dina was screaming or that James gave up without a fight. I was young. I got to play hero. It didn't even occur to me that we may have had shit wrong until the article came out. The article? What article? Detective Smith went to the local press. A couple of days later, a story printed about James Fincher, with Solomon on record suggesting ulterior motives for the arrest of Finch. No shit. Other publications picked it up, too. Smith publicly called out the sheriff, the mayor, the reverend, basically torching every bridge he ever crossed in Manawalk County. When was the last time you saw him, Detective Smith? Well, after the news piece broke, I rode with Hooper out to the old Fowler place where Solomon was living. And how'd that go? Hooper made me wait on the porch. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of shouting, and then it got quiet. And then? And then Hooper came out. His face was flushed and sweaty. He wouldn't make eye contact. He was visibly mad as hell. Anyway, last I saw Solomon Smith was as we were pulling out. He was standing on the porch, hands on his hips, just defiant as hell. Did Hooper say what had happened? Hooper told Smith he was no longer welcome in Manawak County and that if he knew what was good for him, he'd leave quietly. But I don't think Detective Smith left because of Hooper. I think he knew who the killer was. Before he disappeared, he was looking into the school attendance records from Carter High. He was tracking whoever else was absent from school that day. You think he would have submitted those records as evidence? Doubt it. Not if it was after he was off the case. He couldn't exactly trust the sheriff's office. He was basically a private investigator at that point. He'd set a meeting with James's defense attorney, but he never showed up. So whatever Solomon Smith knew, he took that intel with him to wherever it is he went. Where was he last seen? Not sure. They found his car, though, about a decade ago. Where? Just north of here, I think. I don't remember. Maybe I can dig up the police report. Or maybe you can talk to the guys at the newspaper. August 5th, 2.45 p.m. I took Joe's advice. I'm on my way to the Pottsville Press to talk to a guy named Ian Spinks, the editor-in-chief. Maybe Detective Smith told the press something. Something more than what they decided to print. Mr. Spinks? Julian Salas. Mr. Salas, come in. You can call me Julian. Looking a little rough around the edges since the last time I saw you. The last time? <laughs> yeah, I doubt you'd remember me. I was just a face in the crowd at the courthouse back then. Oh, you were there for that, okay. Well, thanks for seeing me. <laughs> How could I not? I'm hoping you'll be the skyline on Sunday's front page about James Fincher. 
and a 14-year anniversary of the Haley brothers' murders. Prodigal son returns right the wrongs he himself contributed to. Hell of a story. Interested to see where it goes. Well, you're not serious. I am. I think we can help each other out here. Well, I just need the tapes. The tapes, they're of interest to my research. The press interview with Detective Smith from 2007. Oh. Oh, I thought you were interested in the other ones. Which other ones? Well, the ones of you. What are you talking about? This is Sheriff Hooper's interrogation. Of you. Please go to the bathroom, sir. Just a couple more questions. All right, son? Okay. You're not in trouble yet. All right? Okay. Look at me. Yeah. What you say here now is just between you and me. Nobody's going to find out. Nobody's going to be mad at you for saying what you know. And I think it's safe to say that you do know things. Now, earlier, you said that James Fincher hated the Hadley brothers. Is that right? Well, yeah, but because of what they did to his sister, what they did to Dina. But you weren't there for that, were you? No, but I... Yeah, moving on, moving on. The point is, James Fincher had it out for the Hadleys. Is that right? Now, you really need to be straight with me, son. Yes, sir. You could say he hated them enough to want to hurt them, couldn't you? That he wanted revenge. I couldn't say all that was true. It's simply based... Look at these photos, son. Look at them. Blunt force trauma to the head. Multiple stab wounds. Hell, Deacon Hadley was bashed so hard in the head that his left eyeball was hanging out of his eye socket. Thomas's throat cut. Can you imagine the type of hatred you would have to feel, Julian, to relentlessly bash a human body to the point where it is almost unrecognizable? Well, can you, son? I don't need to. Can you defend the kind of person that could do that? Could you feel this sort of hatred? Well? I... No. I don't know. I need to go to the bathroom, but please. But you know that James Fincher hated them, don't you? You can say that. I need you to say that. Say what? What you want me to say, say what? That James Fincher hated them. That he wanted to hurt them. No. That he wanted revenge. Mm. That he no. obsessed over them. He made up stories no. about them to wreck their lives, didn't he? That's just not true. No, he didn't. He did. You know he did. He didn't. Just because they picked on him. No, he didn't. <clears throat> Julian, have you heard the phrase accessory after the fact? It means that if you know something... <laughs> something crucial to my investigation of the murder of Thomas and Deacon Hadley, and you withhold it, well, then you're guilty too. 
and I think you know something, boy. And if you don't tell me now, and I find out later, there ain't no jury in the world gonna let you be free. I don't. They always used to bully him. And you knew it, too, didn't you? You knew what he was planning. Because you boys were going down there at the caves all the time. Hell, you showed him the place yourself, didn't you? I... I didn't do... You didn't what? Julian, you showed James Fincher the ins and outs of it. And that's okay, son. There's nothing wrong with that. Everybody likes a little thrill. I'm not suggesting you knew that you were dealing with a psychopath, did you? You're not a bad kid. He used you, didn't he? No. He got in your head. He tricked you. No. No, he didn't. So he could plan no. his revenge. No. No. Honson Deacon Hadley. No, I just, I, we went there to hang out and we were just it wasn't, there. It wasn't the Hadley's idea to go down there that night, was it? No. Because if they wanted to hurt James, they'd do it right out in the open, right? They've been doing it for years. But James wanted to play for keeps, and he knew just the place. James wanted to take them out to the caves, didn't he? (laughs) Now, you better tell me the truth, son. You know we got your buddy Tyler here, too, right? What? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's right across the hall. And he's already told us the truth. So what's it going to be? Your story or his? Now talk. James Fincher wanted to take them out to the caves, didn't he? Answer me! Maybe. Yeah. I I guess he... What? what, What's that? Yeah. I, I didn't get that. James Fincher had the idea to bring the boys down there, yes? Yeah, yes. Did you hear him when he suggested they go down there and settle the score once and for all? Where is he? Where is my son? Oh, shit. Now, Paul, you know you can't be in here. Shut the fuck up, Hooper. This is between me and my boy. What did you say? What did you tell him? Paul, you answer me when I ask you a question. What did you say? All right, Paul. That's domestic abuse. I'm going to arrest your ass, too. Now, you better calm the fuck down. Hooper, you better back the fuck off. You understand me? This is between me and him. Easy. I got a feeling, I got a feeling we're on the same side here anyway. Now, sit down. Just speak a little louder, son. Right into the mic there. Go on, son. Unburden yourself. James Fincher. Absolutely and without a doubt. Go on now. Murdered Deacon and Thomas Hadley in those caves. There you go, son. You've done the right thing. No, that that, that wasn't the real story. Well, it certainly helped get James Fincher the death sentence, didn't it? But it wasn't the truth. I was coerced. Well, I don't doubt that. What was the truth then? You mind if I hit record? I'd rather you not. 
This could really help your case. I mean, having a news story out there, you never know who might come forward. Uh-huh. You think that could work? Maybe. So what was the truth? What truth? About James Fincher. Telling the Hadley brothers to meet him at the caves. He wouldn't have. Off the record. Okay. Off the record, why not? Because he wouldn't have. Then why'd you say he did? Just... Listen. He didn't kill him. Okay. Well, it sounds like you know something. No, Detective Smith knew something, which is why I'm here. He was onto something, and this paper interviewed him before he disappeared. He was following up on a lead, which I what am... What kind of lead? The kind of lead that would exonerate James Fincher. And then, lo and behold, he vanished. Fucking gone. His car found somewhere just north of town. Did you guys run a story on that? I'd have to look into the archive. Yeah, you do that, Ian. Dig up that interview with Smith and any other information you can about his involvement with the Hadley murder case from 2007, and I'll give you an interview. How about that? On the record? You bet. And while you're at it, find out where they found Smith's car, will you? You have my cell. The truth is, I don't remember James asking the Hadley brothers to meet him up at the case. It doesn't make any sense. I knew Finch. Better than anyone in the world outside of Dina, maybe. He was my friend. Him and Tyler. And him asking Deacon and Thomas to go out to the caves alone? Nah. I don't think that's what happened that night. I never thought that's what happened. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? 
Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric. Cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. When you think of the fairytale version of Appalachia, my early childhood was pretty much it. Wood smoke and gray-blue winter mornings, tromping with my father in the snow to see the icicles hanging off the eaves of our little home. Apple picking and drives to look at leaves changing in the fall. Tomato sandwiches, the swimming hole, and roadside boiled peanuts in the summer. Dad worked for Hadley Pontiac. He tolerated the job because he loved my mother. And when I came along, I'd like to think he loved me too. I could never really tell. When I was young, he was a little hard on me. When I was 18, my mother died, of course. Everything changed when my mother died. A family is like a mobile dangling from the ceiling. It's a balancing act. You never have any idea how much a single person can hold together a family until they are no longer in the position to do so. She got sick. It was sudden, stage four esophageal cancer. After the test, they gave her four months. She lasted three. The end was, uh, was horrible. When she went, she took the best parts of my father with her and the idyllic life we shared. Dad started drinking again, of course. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking that because of his drinking, he faded into the background or neglected me. No, not my father. He wasn't a neglectful absentee father. He watched me closer, became increasingly obsessed with my safety, micromanaged my existence, always wanted to know my exact whereabouts, wanted precise details about where I was going and with whom, wanted me home immediately after school every day, and would go batshit when I didn't. He hated my friends, called Tyler common trash, which of course made me want to spend more time away from home, more time in the woods with Tyler. I only wanted to escape my childhood and the house that felt forever empty and haunted after my mother's death. And that's when he became violent, when I started lying. Once I told him I was going with the debate team to a nearby town for a tournament. Instead, I set out to the caves with Tyler there were lights in the rear view, following us out past the edge of town. I thought maybe Griff Washington was patrolling his property, maybe following us to make sure we didn't trespass. But when we pulled over for gas, hoping whoever was following us would pass on by, they didn't. 
they pulled in right behind us. Turned out it was my father. He had been tailing us. He dragged me by the back of my neck out of Tyler's car and threw me into his. When we got back home, we locked me in the basement for 12 hours. There was only a crawl space with a small cinder block room for the furnace. I remember while I was locked down there, I found an old chest filled with my mother's clothes. It was freezing, so I put them on. They almost fit. An old sweater and that scarf she was knitting for me when she died. That red scarf. It was that same week I met Finch. I know it was that week because the first thing he said to me was that he liked my red scarf. Wilson Repair. Hey, Tyler, it's Julian. Well, hello, Julian. It's been a while with a pleasure. I know it's late. I hate to pester you. Grace me with your presence twice in 48 hours. I mean, after what? 14 fucking years of radio silence? Oh. Well, I don't mean to be because... After a little visit to the cave, I got to thinking about how you ain't changed bed, man. How's that? You're one of those type people only ever call when you need something. So, go on. What can I do for you now, Julian? Damn. Well, you got me pegged, I guess. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm just, I'm just fucking with you, man. Hell, none of my friends ever call me anyway unless they need something. Oh, you've got friends? Oh. <laughs> I fucking high. So what's up? Well, I just, um... The AC unit at my piece of shit motel. I'd call maintenance, but I don't want to deal with... Did you check the filter? No. I'm 90%. It's just a clock. Pull the face off and take the filter out. You can run it without for the night. But sooner or later, you should probably just come and take my spare room like I told you. Oh, man, it's fine. I mean, well, if my company's not good enough for you... Oh, wait a sec. You're doing that thing again. Gotcha again. Listen, that isn't the only reason I called. I also wanted to say it was good to see you the other day, man. It's been way too long. I know. I know that. Tyler, you there? Can I ask you something? What? Why'd you come back? What do you mean? I mean, Julian, there is a lot you don't understand here. This is bigger than... Bigger than what exactly? I'm trying to help you here, Julian. Things are in a delicate balance, all right? What? What things? My acid reflux. What the fuck do you think I'm talking about, man? You don't understand. Oh, I don't understand. I had to come back. Well, you should have resisted that urge. You're playing with fire here. You have no idea what you're messing with. It's not just for me. I'm trying to do the right thing here. For Finch. I'm trying to help him. Finch? He's on death row, Tyler. He's parked 
Well, I'm not gonna sit on my ass watching Jeopardy and smoking cigarettes. Did you know there were others? Other kids who were absent from school that day? What? Other than Thomas and Deacon. Well, look at you, Nancy Drew. That's what you got so far? Shit, I can tell you who was absent. What? You know? Tyler? 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 Tyler, can you hear me? Tyler? I lost you, man. What the hell? Julian Salas, Eddie Gathegi as James Fincher, Clark Peters as Detective Solomon Smith, Nick Searcy as Sheriff Kirby Hooper, Justin Wellborn as Tyler Wilson, Jill Jane Clements as Jill Campbell, Brad Carter as Dooley Tappert, Scott Poitras as Reverend Perkins, Samantha Ashley as Dina Fincher, Justin Matthews Smith as Paul Salas, Tara Oaks as Laura Salas, Jonathan Horn as Deacon Hadley, Alden Karanovich as Thomas Hadley. Mike W. Anderson as Griff Washington. Bodie Walteroth as Jimmy Fincher. Brian McClure as Ian Spinks. Larry Clark as Bobby Hadley. Peyton Fallis as Ed LeBlanc. Vic Polizas as William Fowler. Nick Tikoski as Richard Rydell. And Aileen Loy as The Darkness. With additional performances by Clint McGowan, Dina Dill, Edward Howard, Henry Foster Brown, Jamie Joseph, Juan Monsalves, Christopher Curry, Bailey Heineman, David Mitchell, and Bernard Sitaro Clark. Created by Connell Byrne and Dan Bush. Written by Dan Bush, Zoe Cooper, and Nicholas Dukoski. Featuring our theme song, Killer Inside. Written, produced, and performed by Lyra Lynn. Our executive producers are Matt Frederick, Alexander Williams, Michael Monti, and Courtney Dufries. Our executive producers at Blumhouse Television are Jeremy Gold, Chris Dickey, and Noah Feinberg. Produced by Dan Bush. Music by Ben Lovett. Additional music by Alexander Rodriguez. Edited by Dan Bush, Chris Childs, Stephen Perez, and David Chen. Sound design by Benjamin Balcom. Dialogue editing and sound mixing by Juan Campos. 
recorded at Studio Awesome in Los Angeles, Soundbite Studio in Atlanta, and Echo Mountain in Asheville. Casting by Sunday Bowling Kennedy and Meg Mormon. Our dialect coach is Linda Bassesti. Assistant Director, Michael Monti. Second Assistant Director, Script Supervisor, and Production Coordinator, Sarah Klein. Supervising Producer, Josh Thane. Special thanks to Mary Ellen and Jason Davis, Jonathan Dieter, and Joe Rickman. The Manawak Caves is a production of iHeartRadio, Blumhouse Television, and Psychopia Pictures. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget Beach Finder. Or find a featured all-inclusive package to Iberostar Hotels and Resorts and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com.